Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to this episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, so today, and apologies, I hope um, it's raining outside. I'm trying, I'm hoping that I'll be able to drown out the sounds, but um, I'm hoping the background music will have taken care of it. But if you're hearing a little bit of a whatever, yeah, I'm not in a soundproof environment, unfortunately. Anyways, um, so for me, it's really. You know, it, for me, it's really funny because one of the reasons why I, I mean, my journey up to the point where God led me to start this podcast was because of a lot of things that were going on in my life and the the insufficiency of my faith circle to help me with the challenges that I was faced with. Now, you know how it is when, I mean, I, I do want to, there's a lot I want to say, but I really don't want to say it because it will be like I'm just being, you know, but I had always known that the environment I was in was a shallow one, you know, I'd always known. Even, you know, I had known because I have, like I said, I have been in Christianity for a while and, I, <coughs> excuse me, I had been in places where there was more depth. So I sort of knew that this was shallow. In fact, when I first got to that setting, and then, you know, it, it was a bit difficult for me to adjust. But you know how that thing, people always say, you know, because the Bible says we should always, you know, be in the gathering of the saints and all of that. So you just find a way to adjust and tell yourself, you know what, we're all Christians, we're bound together by the same faith. It doesn't really matter if this, that, that. So I still, I sort of like allowed myself to acclimatize. I, you know, I just forgot the fact that i used to once belong to a church where the word of god was really taught and it was taught in the way that you know but what i didn't realize was that my even being in that setting was affecting me and what i'm saying you cannot understand it if you have not been in a church where the word of god was being taught in spirit and in truth because i've seen that i've tried to have this conversation with some of my friends my christian sister friends and i've seen that some people get it some just don't because you know if you have never seen the authentic is diff- you know there's no way you can know which one is is less than authentic i don't want to use the word counterfeit but in, it's becoming out it's becoming clear that there's it was really what i thought it was and you know for me i think the most scary thing about the challenge of the modern world today modern faith world is that the enemy is inside, it's within. Sometimes the enemy is even on the pulpit. When I mean the enemy, I mean the enemy of the gospel, the enemy of Christ. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus spent a lot of time warning the church against false teachers, false prophets. In fact, when I, when I look at the Bible, I call it the book of warnings because the warnings in the Bible, <laughs> almost the prophecies of, in, in the Bible are there, but I think the warnings are... I think the warnings are, are almost as much as the promises. In fact, sometimes I think the warnings are even more. I think the, actually, I think the warnings are more. It's just that people don't pay attention to the warnings and they focus on the in quotes promises. But the warnings are more. The warnings are, are more severe. And it's because we're living in a distorted world. Do you understand? So the danger is more present than the, the victory. That's just the truth. And I think as Christians, it's time we had a frank conversation about ourselves. We are not in heaven. Do you understand? We're not in heaven. 
We're in the battlefield. We're in the war front. We're in the stranger's land. We're in Babylon. Everywhere. This language is throughout the entire Bible. This is not a place. When Jesus um, spoke to his disciples, he said, look, don't pack too many things. Take one, you know, take your sandals, take your this. In other words, that's, and that's what you tell a soldier. Who You have seen a soldier packing like one large suitcase going to war. Nobody does that. At best, even modern day times, you have your hand luggage and a small suitcase. You, you travel light because you are going to battle. So you leave the furniture, you leave the baggage, all those really heavy things are, you know, at home, where your real home is. And then you go to the battlefield, you travel light in the battlefield. But what are we doing? We are carrying all our luggage, our suitcases into the battlefield because we don't really believe, we're not, we, we don't think that we're going to war. We're busy asking for promises at a time when you should be training yourself, guarding against the enemy. Why do I say we're in the battlefield? Apart from that, the entire scripture tells us that in this world we have persecution and that, you know, this world is not our own. We are strangers and pilgrims upon this earth. Jesus has said it, that, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the Satan is the God of this world and that those that will live godly in Christ, they will suffer persecution. There are enough scriptures to let us know. Even if there are no scriptures, please look, just read your news or go outside the window, talk to your neighbors. Find out what is happening in people's life. If perchance, maybe your life, there's nothing really, everything is positive in your life. Find out what's going on. It's a horrible place. But for me, what is worse now? What is dangerous? And on this podcast, <coughs> excuse me, I have tried to be very politically correct. So that, because I know people are coming from different backgrounds and all that. And I don't want it to look like I am just attacking a set of people and all that. But I think it has gotten to the point. And I'm speaking to Nigerian listeners right now. I don't know, although I, what I'm saying, I think it will apply to everybody in every part of the world if you're a Christian. But I think it is, I, I because I really don't know what's going on in Christ, in other congregations in other parts of the world. I cannot assume to be speaking for them. And I'm in seminary with people from the U.S., primarily in class, because it's a U.S. American seminary. And I, from, you know, when I listen to them, I can tell that they're not in the kind of context that I am in. So definitely I know that this is a unique problem. So, I mean, I have, there's somebody in my class, one of my classes, who is in a church where they are focused on missions, you know, like they support missions all over the world. I mean, they come to church and they're really talking about helping others. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, you know. But the gospel, the Christianity that we are practicing in my part of the world, and this is Southern Nigeria, not Northern Nigeria. Northern Nigeria, they're doing the real Bible-based Christianity. Here in the southern part of Nigeria, all we are doing is praying for ourselves. Selfish Christianity. I mean, Christ and selfishness. Christ and self. How do you put those two together? We are organizing worship sessions where all people are coming. is praying to receive from God. Is God such a... I mean, if my children had to spend like one hour talking to me to ask me to give them what they need, I, I really wonder about the kind of relationship that we have. We're not teaching people to see God. We're not teaching people how to be children of God. We're, we're teaching them to think that God is one person that you have to perform before him, before he, he, he visits you with his grace. What an absolute lie. What a travesty. It is so wrong. It is so evil. I now understand why Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Because truly, 
the gates of hell are the devil is contending against the church and the most shocking thing for me now is that the enemy is inside it's not even outside in the 80s early 90s you know when the charismatic revival happened in nigeria the enemy was outside there was no enemy in church you know Everybody in the church, because it, 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 was all, it was like the apostles' time. You couldn't join yourself to us because we were all Christians and we all had the fire of God in us. So if you had a contrary spirit, you would not even be able to stay around us, not to talk of becoming the leader or the, you know, the person preaching. It, it, that scenario never happened. Rather, we saw, I mean, I was a member of a, a student fellowship at the University of Ife at the time, and... Rather, what we saw was people, even people who were, you know, alcoholics or whatever before they got saved, immediately they got saved and they came, once they started coming to fellowship, that lifestyle dead, done, dusted with. They became a different person to the point that even their former friends couldn't even associate with them anymore because it was clear, this guy has changed. That was what Christianity was. What, what, what are we doing now? What is this? This is not Christianity. This has, what we're doing now has nothing to do with, because nobody's changing. I'm really, I'm, I'm, in fact, it's like, it's like I'm just waking up myself. What is this? This thing where even the, the, the pastors, the leaders are as worldly as the world. We are as carnal as the world. Is it in our behavior? Is it in our conduct? Is it in our association? We are happy to be drinking and associating with criminals, with crooks, with corrupt politicians. We reserve the chief seats in our churches for people who steal, who kill, who destroy lives. When the oh Lord, we, we support the evil men to oppress the people. We ourselves are oppressors in our own rights. Because we collect from the little that people have we enrich ourselves and then we lord it over them. This is not Christianity. The worst aspect, the things that made me very uncomfortable was when northern Christians in Nigeria, who happened to be in a Muslim-dominated area, when they started facing persecution, they were being killed, you know, Catholic priests being, seminary being attacked, and then the church, the, 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 Christian leaders in the South were silent. That was for me. That was the first indication that there's something going on. You know, I mean, every anybody can find themselves caught in a situation that you don't know. But when I, that silence was to me very, and I used to wonder, okay, maybe they are working in the background. You know, that's why we're not hearing. But it now became clear they were not working in the background. They were just carrying on. I've been that I've been trying to answer that question. That why would any Christian not feel threatened by the blatant um, jihadism and all of that that is happening unchecked in the northern parts of Nigeria? Why would any Christian not feel concerned? I've been wondering. Not to talk of a leader who has millions or hundreds of thousands in their churches. So last week. I got the answer. I had been suspecting. And in this case, I believe that God brought that answer to all of us in Nigeria so that we could see for ourselves. And 
Honestly, I know that this is sounding like a rant, but I'm hoping that somehow God is going to bring out his truth in all of it and then he speaks to you. So it's not what I'm saying, but what, is, what God is saying to whoever it is that he brings to listen to this. Now, this is the thing. If it was something... So a video then came out sometime last week, which showed a very revered, in quotes, man of God, Nigerian Christian, prominent Christian leader, praying within his congregation. And in that prayer, he was more or less saying that you could, anyway, he was, you could, from that prayer, it, had, it was clear that his theology, the way he sees the world, his worldview is one in which his church is bigger and his church is the center of God's glory. He does not seem to have a theology of the body of Christ as the body of Jesus. It makes me wonder because if you understand Christ, his salvation and his death and his resurrection, you should know that the kingdom of God is made of the body of Christ, not your own church. You should know that your church, I don't care how many people you think are in your church, how many parishes you have in Nigeria and all over the world, they are just buildings that will die, that will be broken down. That to equate or to elevate your own local church over above the kingdom of God, the body of Christ and the souls that Jesus paid the blood of Christ for. That for me just beggars belief. There is something very off there on a foundational level. This is not even a miss. It's not even, you are not, I mean, yo, he misspoke. No, 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 no. You don't misspoke as a preacher to say that kind of thing. To pray a prayer where you are praying that your church members, that other Christians will bow to your church members. No, 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 no. That is a theological issue. It shows that your vision of God and the world is very flawed. Your understanding of who Christ is is also extremely fundamentally flawed and anybody any nigerian christian who is listening to me and if you have been on this podcast you will know that i am being more outspoken than i have ever been but i think we have gotten to that point i always like to use analogies we have gotten to a point you know there's a point when as children you may have a parent who is going through a mental has a mental episode or whatever you can continue playing like everything is okay, but it gets to a point when, you know, it's, be- it's becoming harmful to either herself or and um, or the parents, to his or himself, and the rest of the family. The family needs to gather and have a conversation and say, yes, she's our mom or he's our dad. We respect him for the position that he is, but this person has now become a danger to themselves and to the rest of the family so we have to now begin to take decisions to protect that person and protect the family and protect ourselves what you don't continue to do is continue to then allow that person to take decisions and influence you because you can see that that person is going through stuff at that point somebody needs to step up we're at that point now so and for me because this then confirms why this romance with evildoers, this um, silence against Christianity. So apparently, these some of these leaders do not see other Christians as Christians. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to say it. Or Christians from I don't I don't because for me I'm like, where in the Bible do you see this? 
Where is the name of your church written in the Bible? Who is the Christ? So that clearly there must be many Christs because the Christ that is in the Bible that we all know, there is no way you will read that book and follow that Jesus in the Bible and come out with the conclusion that your church is better than the churches that other Christians go to. And that somehow your church in God's mind, even, I mean, as in, oh Lord, I don't even know where to start. The theology is so, is so messed up. I am like, how can this be? And you raise this prayer point in front of an auditorium of hundreds of thousands of people. And everybody is saying, Amen. So there is a very serious issue. So not only that the people are enslaved in their minds, they don't even know what is right. What has your church got to do with the blood of Jesus? Your church is just a place where um, children of God gather. And if you are teaching your church members that your church has a special place in the, in the, in the heart of God, over and above other Christians, you are an enemy of the gospel. Because that's not what the gospel teaches. And by the way, your church, which is a 21st century um, ch- uh, church, was not written in the Bible. It was not set up by Peter. If we want to go that, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? So on what basis? That is a doctrine that completely unscriptural. I don't want to use the word devilish, but definitely it is not from heaven. Even Paul, in the days of Paul, when they saw other people preaching Christ, the apostles came to him and they said, should we stop them from preaching? They said, no, I'm not even sure what I told. I think it was even Jesus. He said, anybody that is not against us, it's for us. That was what, was it? I think it was Jesus that said that. So there were people that were even preaching that were not even part of the main whatever. Jesus himself said, don't stop them. In fact, I need to check that scripture. Let me be sure whether it was Jesus or Paul. Yeah, so I've checked it out. Apparently it was Jesus. So in the book of Luke chapter 9, starting from verse 49. So apparently John, the disciple, apostle, one of the apostles, came and said, John answered and said, Master, we saw one person casting out devils in your name. And we forbade him because he was not following us. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, don't forbid him. For he that is not against us is for us. Can you imagine? That's Jesus. So please, can we, let's backtrack. Let's, let's unpack this statement. Huh? Huh. Jesus had not yet died as of this time. He was still launching his ministry. I'm not even sure he had even commissioned the 70 at this time. Maybe he had, maybe he had not. So for about his, he had been preaching his gospel and it had been going around. And in the process, there were apparently some people, at least there was this one guy who not only had received the gospel of Jesus Christ, but even without the Bible, was confident to actually cast, he was actually casting out devils in the name of Jesus by faith, without even being one of the disciples or one of the 70. He was unknown to Jesus' inner caucus and to Jesus himself. The apostles went and warned the guy that who told you on what authority who what are you why will you be doing this and then when they came and came to jesus hope thinking that jesus would say oh well done thou good and faithful servant what did jesus say jesus said no you don't stop him from doing that he said because anybody that is not against us is for us that was what jesus the son of god said he didn't ask him who is the guy what exactly did he say was he quoting me well did the demons go out he all he said was no don't stop them 
they are preaching in my name they are casting out devils in my name if that is what they are doing they are for us he said he that is not against us is for us so jesus from the get-go kingdom mentality no differentiation Walls do not exist. The unifying force is Jesus. If you as a man of God do not understand this, then there's problem. And you are pastor over millions of lives, of souls, giving counsel every day. So all I will just say is this. Everybody needs to bring out their Bible and dust it now. Honestly, you cannot trust the messages that you're hearing on Sunday morning particularly if you live in southern nigeria or in churches in, a, in environments that are like southern nigeria if you live in northern nigeria in places that are still living the biblical um, um, um example of christ um is the foundation even paul said it paul said there's no there's no foundation that any man can lay other than christ because again, Paul also faced this issue where people were saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollo. So he was saying, look, that the foundation of all of us is Christ. And that's the unifying force. And that whether it is um, um, Paul that then builds on that foundation or Apollos is immaterial because the foundation is Christ. But that it is God that no matter what you build, it is God that gives the increase. Let me read that one as well. So um, this is the book of 1 Corinthians 3. I'll read from the beginning. And I, brethren, this is Paul speaking, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as, as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you are not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and you work as men? For while one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Maybe I should read this in, I'm reading it in King James Version, and I'm not liking this ancient english sometimes king james works but sometimes this one is just making it a little bit too laborious so paul is saying here that i couldn't speak to this, you guys plainly because i mean you are just too carnal you are just you're not mature as christians and he says for when one says i follow paul and, and another i follow apollos are you not being merely human what then is apollos what is paul we are all servants through whom we believed as the lord assigned to each i planted apollos watered but god gave the growth so neither he nor who plants or he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his wages from God according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field and God's um, building. And there's another place where he then goes ahead, verse 11, he now says, According to the grace of God, verse 10, given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. But it says, let each one take care how he builds upon it. For nobody can lay a foundation under that other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay or straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So this is um, Paul now saying, he said, there is no other foundation that anybody can lay other than Jesus Christ. On this issue, Christ is the foundation. He's the unifying force. So he was he was telling the Corinthian church that all this division, you are carnal. That in fact, he said, I cannot talk to you 
I can't share the more weighty things of the kingdom because you are not ready. Say, because if you are still arguing over I, I, divisions, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I'm not joining with Paul's people, I'm not joining. He said, then you're, you're not even mature. Now, this was Paul speaking to lay people in the congregation. Now, imagine the leader of a congregation of millions talking like this. So, what you are, anybody that is doing that, what you are doing is you are developing a modern day cult. It is not Christ. That is all. I'm saying it as it is. And like I said, it's important for me, God it's important. It's important. My basis for what I believe is the Bible. Many of these people, I respected them because I thought they were following Christ. Otherwise, they're just people. I don't know them. Do you understand? The reference, the reverence we've given to a lot of these people that I personally, I gave because I believed that you are a follower of Christ. So I respected you. But everything about your behavior is now showing that whatever it is you are following, I, I cannot even associate with Christ. Thank God we have the Bible. Now, I am not going to, I know because I know there's a school of thought that is like, no, 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 but this person, this is who they are, they have done this, we must respect them regardless. The Bible says that we should follow people as long as they are following Christ. That, except you are respecting them on the basis of other things. If you are respecting them because they are old, that's also acceptable. You're respecting them because of the works that they have done, that is your choice. But don't tell me to respect them as followers of Christ. As Christian leaders, as shepherds, no. Oh, I could, no. When it is clear that you are, this is a fundamental issue. This is fundamental because Jesus himself, Jesus said, I will build my church. The church of Jesus Christ is not made of a congregation, of a denomination. Where? where? By the way, your denomination is not even written in the Bible. So how? Are you coming up with that? Where in the Bible, even when we see the, the entire where um, in Revelations, where God shows us what it's going to be like, he's talking about, he divides people into sheep and goats, people who did his work and people, he, I mean, so I hope people are not being deceived into thinking that membership of a particular church is guaranteeing them a space in heaven. I hope because, I mean, I'm not in this space, so I don't know, but I, I'm really getting concerned at this point. We need so the days are evil we need to be careful and i will say everybody bring out your bible and dust it this is not the time anymore for us to be relying on the messages that we're hearing on sunday mornings because i think and i'm saying this particularly for christians living in southern nigeria northern nigeria i've listened to many of the pastors they are still they're very much yeah i mean really i i wish i was living in northern nigeria there are a lot of pastors to choose from. Abuja, I know where I would be if I was living in Abuja. I know the church I would be, I would be fellowshipping in because they are on point. And I'm not saying, you know, nobody is perfect. But you can tell, I'm saying that on the basics of the gospel, I never thought I would live to see the day where a, in this mind, in, where I would hear a man of God say what I heard on that video. And like I said, this is not just a one-off. It's consistent. For me, this was just the one that finally explains, you know, the hearts of the man. So, I mean, and I'm not using just him. I'm saying of people like that. Because I've been wondering why this, you know, selective, you know, you continue to see this indifference to what is happening in the larger country, happening to the larger Christendom. I now realize that these are not, these are not, this person is, 
in the person's mind and heart, they are leading their church. They are not Christian leaders, but we have seen them as leaders of the faith. They are not leaders of the faith. They are leading their own church. And their church is tied to their own personality, is tied to their agenda, is tied to their vision. It is not necessarily tied to the vision of Christ or the vision of the kingdom or the vision of the word of God as written in the Bible. Because if it was, you will take your direction based on what the Bible says. You will take your direction based on what Jesus taught. You will take your direction based on what Jesus taught us about the kingdom in the Bible. Not based on your own, your balance sheets as the church. It, it makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of statements that have been made in the past, which I was trying to put this uh, put it together, like different puzzles, um, pieces of the puzzle. This one finally was the missing piece, brought it all together. The picture now is clear. So I am not forming an opinion based on one message I've listened to. No, I have listened to several. Um, in fact, many over the years. I have always wondered, this has been a... This was the one that finally then locked in the picture. And the, pic- the picture has been emerging. I mean, you know, everybody that does jigsaw puzzles, there is, when we say there is a missing piece to the puzzle, the picture is already emerging. But then you are, you, you know, you, you are trying not to, you don't want to make a judgment based on that emerging picture. This one now makes it unmistakable for me. Not just because of what that one piece says, but how it then fits in to all of the, yeah, what the, really, why? You know, all of the question marks that I've had before, this one now answers it. And I believe that that's why God allowed that video to come out, because it's an old video. It's about two years old. It's only getting attention now. And the issues raised in the video, of course, they have not been able to respond to it, because there is no way they... Do you understand? There's no way you can respond to it, because they know that scripturally this is wrong. So they've been silent on it. Only God knows what else is being taught. So all I would just say, the days are evil. But I, I, so in fact, this morning my reflection was no wonder Jesus said, I will build my church, but the gates of hell shall not prevail. On this rock I will build my church. Because when you look at the two, the two don't connect. On one hand you are saying, I will build my church. And then you say, but the gates of hell shall not prevail. So he, there was a missing part. <laughs> the missing point was, I will build my church, but the devil will do everything to destroy it. That part he didn't say. He just went, and that's how Jesus was like. He just went from beginning to the end. He missed the middle part. The context is that the gates of the, the devil will come against that church with everything in him and fight it using both people implants people that he will plant inside the church make them look like they're in the church but send them in the church to destroy the church to alienate the church to infiltrate the church to corrupt the church and that is the parable of the wheat and the tares that jesus said but many of us when we read the parable of the wheat and the tares we think that the tares are amongst the people in many cases the tares in some cases the tares will actually be in the leadership space because look at it if you want to destroy a people or destroy a work why will you bother putting the the implant in the followership it's better to put make the leader the implant so that everybody can be led astray so definitely in some cases the implant and i've been in churches honestly when the implants are within the congregation all they do is they just cause turmoil here and there but if the leader is really really i mean like jesus driven and all of that the 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 um impact is not is well 
although it also depends some church members can actually be quiet you know yeah. but then if the leader is really bible based and working in the wisdom of god you are able to sort of like diffuse and, and overcome it particularly if you can deal with it spiritually and you recognize rather than trying to resolve it you know in the flesh you know with intelligence once you use the power of god you can resolve it you know you can you can resolve and eliminate it so long as you don't allow your ego to get in you're humble with god and all that but if the problem if the implants is the leader himself then there's a problem there's a problem i will leave it at that but i now understand why jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail what he meant was that there will be a contention the battle will be fierce it at some point it will look as if the wrong side is winning because that's the way it looks in nigeria right now we have no leaders christianity has been almost effectively neutralized because one side of the church is completely focused on money their bank accounts their balances they have become hustlers and grifters they will say whatever is necessary to make sure that their coffers are fat they are not christ centered neither are they kingdom focused the name of jesus is just a talisman that they invoke to get the influence that they need either from their congregation or from the governments that are outside they are, and how will you know the bible says by their fruits you will know them in this time of turmoil and economic crisis what are they doing who are we is anybody trying to feed the poor these are the things that jesus asked us to do do we see anybody okay even if you say you cannot address government you don't want to speak the truth to power what are they doing for the poor we're not seeing anything that is different from anything that they have all ever done they are carrying on business as usual meanwhile the house is on fire the enemy is at the door people are fainting in the streets i'll just leave it at that there's a whole lot more i can say but the situation is not good it's not good at all so now we all have to become leaders in our own right even me because i look at myself and i'm like yeah but you're like okay so you know all these things why aren't you also doing anything i'm, I'm also part of the problem because i think i'm also not doing as much as what i should be doing i'm waiting for others to lead and i will follow unfortunately nobody is leading nobody is leading may god help us in jesus name amen